Hey, hey, you're listening to Johnny's Secret Stash. This is John Goldman, and you're listening to me on Radio Harbor Country, WRHC, 106.7 FM out of Three Oaks, Michigan, and WRHZ, 93.5 out of Sawyer, Michigan. Uh, Looking forward today to having an interview with Mike Struin. Mike Struin's uh, from Harbor Country, and he's in a couple bands. He does uh, solo acoustic shows at around at different places. Um, Looking forward to sitting down and talking with him. And to get started on that, I'm going to play us a song from his 2021 album, Georgia Peach. And here's the title track off of that song, Georgia Peach. And I think I hear a couple of the backups starting out the album. Here we go.
As Mike Struin from his uh, newest album, Ginger Peach, came out in 2021, and that was a title track. And I do apologize for those breaks, skips, whatever they are, but uh, it was a technical difficulty as a result of Spotify. Let's blame them. Um, going to have Mike come on in just a few minutes, so get ready. Mike Struin, how you doing? Good to have you on the show. Great, John. Nice to nice to finally talk with you. Yeah, yeah. We've been talking about doing this for quite a while. Yeah, uh, a couple months. You have, uh, I, I've noticed your Facebook page and just, you know, seeing things announced. And you are going to be very busy over the summer, that's for sure. Looks like you've got yeah. uh, something to watermark tomorrow. And uh, the Acorn just announced you're part of the Midwest Made series. And you're going to have your band on there, uh, I think, in July. Um and a uh, bunch of other stuff going on, and I know you played through the winter, so uh, you, you you're a regular showman. You you, you get things going all the time. Um, yeah, <laughs> like, like to keep busy, you yeah. know. That on top of everything else, right? You know, family playing music work. keeps me feeling live. You know. Yeah, well, for sure, and and uh, you know, you're not just out there strumming some other, you know, um, songs and stuff. I mean, you, you're you're writing your own songs as well. I. We just played um, Ginger Peach off that new album that you came out with in 2021. 
Did, oh, nice. Did um, uh, when did that get issued? What what month of twenty twenty one? Um, when did the album get released? Yeah, yeah. When did you release that, it? I think officially we dropped it um, July the fourth of July, actually. Oh wow! Um, okay, so it's been out for uh, a year and a half, uh, about six, ten, eight months already. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, we um, and then we had a CD release party in September, so it was a little delayed uh, um, at the livery. Oh yeah, um, great. Um, is so I, I thought I heard uh, Morgan um, and uh, Leslie and uh, Meredith on there as well. Am I correct about that? Yeah, yeah, the backups. Yeah, the backups supported out. supported me on, um, I think, three tunes, uh, the Ginger Peach song, and then a couple of the other kind of reggae-ish tunes that we have on that album. Yeah. And they, they really just helped helped it stand out. Uh, they I mean, the backups are just wonderful. Oh, they that have group. such great voices, those women. It's uh, a delight, for sure. And, uh, you know, they've... There's like a whole franchise going on around uh, the livery with, uh, you know, you playing there all the time and, and uh, those guys and the Scipion family band. And um, it's just uh, it's just become this big family of music. It's it's terrific. I know. Yeah, we I actually just uh, um, had a chance to play with um, Leslie Scipion and Nathan Scipion from the Scipion family band and then Morgan as well. We played um, Grand Rapids at the Tip Top Deluxe. Oh bar wow! That's on, uh, on Saturday. Yeah, nice. So yeah, we was... opened up. We opened up for Full Chord, and uh-huh. that was oh, that was just so much fun. And that's actually the first time that I've ever really played in that with that with that outfit before. Uh-huh. Um, oh, we had a blast. So there's when we were talking afterwards, it was a really well received show and. Um, I mean, full court. I don't know if you if you know yeah, of them. Yeah, I remember them coming to the livery. I don't. They're a bluegrass band, right? Bluegrass, yeah, just top notch bluegrass. Just you know, they just burn the barn down every every song, and uh, yeah, so it it went really well. And we were, I was talking with with Nathan and and Leslie and Morgan after the show, and and we definitely talked about uh, doing some more shows together and and some double bills and even considering. Um, trying to, we love it. I, I don't know about you, but I love to go see a show where, of course, you know, you see the, see someone play their original music, but then it's such a treat when um, a group covers an album in its entirety, you know? Yeah, that um, is fun, yeah. And so we're kind of talking about that, so we're just, you know, tossing around ideas of, of what album albums we're interested in doing that. And Oh, that's great. So, if that any of your fun. listeners have any uh, have any suggestions for that, um, we're definitely all ears. Right. Okay. Hey, uh, and Mike Mike Struan again. I'm uh, happy to have you on the show, Mike. Um, how? What's the best play, way for people to contact you? Is that through your Facebook page? Facebook Messenger works. Um, email is great as well, um, and that's just my last name Struan at gmail dot com. That's um, pretty good email. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep, no. No mistake there. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that, you know, if anybody just has any questions about when I'm playing or how to um, get my music or um, booking inquiries, anything like that, they can just contact me through email. That works as well. That's great. Uh, you know, I, um, you know, we're at this present moment. I've seen you play a bunch. You got a bunch of stuff coming up. But where did this all come from? You know, I mean, you you've got a family and a full-time job, I'm guessing. And, mm-hmm. you know, and here you fit this in, this must be just an absolute love of your life to be able to create music and play all the time. And, 
you know, when did, when did that itch first begin? Uh, well, it's definitely a, a balance. That's for sure. Um, you know, and especially now, like you mentioned, having a, a, a family, I have two kids and a lovely wife and full-time job. Um, but it's, it's just kind of been, um, always a, a part of my life since I was 13. Um, I started playing the piano when I was about that age and, um, started wrote a song wrote songs like right away just kind of really? fiddling around wow. uh-huh. yeah you know and as kids the thing is, is we all have that creativity in us for I sure then, then um, life gets in the way and uh and curbs that creativity i think that's right or some or maybe just some negative energies um you know and and i was lucky enough to have really encouraging parents um that really you know encouraged me oh, and cultivated that's... that so um you know, since since I was 13, I was interested in music and, and the choir. What kind uh, of songs, choir. what kind of bands did you listen to back then? Oh, geez. I, um, you know, I really, when I started really getting into to, um, music, I mean, like, when, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm thinking about, like, my first tapes. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and really, sounds. my first tapes were, like, MC Hammer and uh-huh. and uh, I remember having like a Boys to Men tape. You got to start um, somewhere, you know, like yeah. uh, just getting in the groove. Totally, you know, and I, so I remember having those tapes. But then once I started um, listening to my brother's uh, Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin uh-huh. albums, that's what really <laughs> right. sparked my my uh, passion, you know, for rock and roll and my wa- wanting to to get out and and really kind of learn music on my own and, and write music. And then I, once I got into, um, Neil Young, uh, probably when I was about 17 or 18, oh, I, yeah. I really kind of just pushed me to want to, to play acoustic guitar more and harmonica and write my own songs. So that's, that's kind of where it started. Um, you know, I had a band in high school. Um, the first band that I had was called Hammer Toe. Hammer Toe. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, Hammer Toe. And I was lucky enough to have two really good friends, a drummer and a bass player. Um, and they were actually really good, um, you know, as, for our age. Yeah, they were, yeah. They were very good, you know. And um, I had just picked up the guitar, and they kind of let me hack my way through it for a couple of years and just be in the band. Um, but even though I didn't really know how to play the guitar that well, I still could kind of fake my way through writing a song. And um, so we wrote songs together as friends and as a band, and then, Hammertoe turned into a band called Steamboat, Steamboat Willie, uh-huh. and, and then we dropped it to Steamboat, and we put out a we we put out a a CD in high school, I think our junior year or something, and got in the Herald Palladium, and that was like a really big deal for us, and um, you know, and that again that kind of encouraged us, and for to, sure. oh, we're actually doing something, you know, yeah, we're doing something yeah. that's maybe worthwhile. Um, then you just ever since then, you know, I just have always had a band and always um, just enjoyed playing music. And so I've just always made time for it. What were some of the venues that you played at when you were in high school? Well, ZARS ZARS, ZARS was my, yeah, ZARS was like the first real stage that um, I was on. And I mean, that was like 17, you know, we'd we'd have to get big X's on our hands. Oh, right. Um, So they wouldn't feed, wouldn't give you drinks. Right. Did ZARS close down? I haven't heard too much. Oh, man. Yeah. It's been been almost a year, I think, since they've closed down. I'm sure COVID just made it impossible for them. Mm. That's a shame. I, I, you know, I just didn't, I hadn't heard too much about it and I hadn't, uh, hadn't really paid attention, but uh, that, that seems 
um, expected at this point. You know, some of the places just can't make it after after all that. Uh, yeah. That's a shame. They they had they had bands every, like two three bands every weekend. You know. They, oh yeah. They uh, they really put on uh, all kinds of stuff and local well, yeah, stuff and bringing bands in and uh, it was a so it, it was a, but you had to be over twenty one to actually go there unless you were playing I guess but I th- you know when we played though we would have um, I remember having our friends there so I think Bizarre's made an exemption for oh, uh-huh. the Steamboat <laughs> and. Um, Maybe had like an some all ages shows every now and then. That might be, um, yeah. But yeah, that was Zars was a formidable venue for for us, and it really kind of gave a gave me and the, my friends in the band a chance to find ourselves on stage and, and even get more comfortable. Yeah. Um, and then from there, you know, um, now well now the livery is livery, um, right. you know is is. Our hometown. It's like the stage. home court. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That place is great too. Uh, Brandon just does such a great job of bringing in all kinds of bands, local bands, but but also national and regional bands. I mean, you know. Oh God, yeah. I know. It's, Sometimes uh, I don't know how they they get the people in there that they have. You know, they. Yeah. I've seen I've seen some bands. Well, uh, Green Sky Bluegrass used to play there. Yeah. Billy Strings used to play there, you know. And I saw a just to name Wah a few. Play there. Billy right? Strings played there. I don't remember uh, him coming. Absolutely. Through, wow. Yeah, yeah. I uh, saw him play there. And Martin Barr, I think, was there a couple of years ago. And uh, Brian Vander Ark uh, mm-hmm. from the the, the Verb. Verb Pipe. Yeah, uh, yeah. They've had, you know, and then regional people too, like uh, Mayor Owine and. Um, some people like Grand Rapids people, you know, Max Lockwood and stuff like that. So they, they definitely bring in some great, great music there. Um, yeah. We are, we are definitely lucky to, to have the yeah. liberty. Yeah. I mean, you know, music there, to this community. There's really so many, um, uh, great musicians that, uh, originate from here too. And it's just such a pleasure to be able to get around and, and see people play and, and you get to play with them. So you were mentioning um, Nathan and Leslie Sipian, but isn't and Matt Sipian uh, uh, is a drummer for your band, uh, Mike Schroon and the Handy. Um, right. <laughs> no, th- we're not we're not that anymore. Oh, we, okay, all we right. went through uh, we went through a lot of different names um, and just landed on um, just landed on Mike Struan Band. Okay, <laughs> well, point. yeah, that's easy. <laughs> we were we were toying around with the name Wires to Weeds, uh-huh. and then. Um, came up with handy sands and uh before that uh, because i got um in 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 this band you know it's me mike struan and then we have mike nelson on bass oh, and then yeah. mike, mike kinney on um on guitar and then matt sipian so we got three mics and a mat so we <laughs> we were th- oh we could call ourselves three mics and a mat and uh that you know that kind of was cute and matt was um insisting that we call it my three mics and uh, that that just kind of <laughs> sounded like a like an '80s sitcom or something. Yeah, or even a like my three sons, like '60s <laughs> sitcom. Yeah, right, right. Um, so at this point, you know, for lack of a better name, we're just going we're just going with Mike Struan Band. The guys are gracious smooth, enough to yeah. let me take that, you know. And um, yeah, so that we're you know, we're Matt Matt Sipian plays in that band along with like three other groups. That guy yeah. is oh, yeah, right. way too busy for his own good. <laughs> yeah, he does play a lot of drums. He gets out a lot. 
And uh, I think he does some of the um, sound over at uh, Livery, too, sometimes. Yeah, and he cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. He, he practically lives there at the Livery. Not a bad place. Not a bad place to live, I guess. No, no. You know, you were mentioning uh, Neil Young before, and uh, I, I'm just such a big fan of Neil Young because I think, like, he is – he can take the simplest – song the simplest words the simplest melody and just make it so intense you know he uh he's really a just a master I, you know he, every every word of of his songs is like just you know has such meaning to him and uh plays that old guitar and um you know he just really just gets it all out of there i mean it's uh um I, i've always been a big fan of his you know um powder finger i love that song it's yeah <laughs> Such yeah, he he hooked me. He hooked me with um. Well, it was Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young album, the oh, Four Way sure. Street. Uh huh. Oh um, yeah. That's what hooked me, and uh, his you know Cowgirl in the Sand, Down yeah. by the River. Um, that that just got me for some reason in high school. Once I heard him sing, and the 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 intention behind his his lyrics. Yeah, exactly. You know, the intention, right? He's it just, just so gets you right in the heart. You yeah. know, and um, you know, and it's it's funny. You know, everyone has their own um, taste, and it seems with Neil Young, you either love him or you hate him. You know, same with Bob Dylan. You know, yeah, some people just can't yeah. stand um, their voices, but for me, it's the originality and and how unique they sound that that yeah, draws exactly. me in. You know, right? Um, I'm a big Bob Dylan fan too. I mean, he. You know, for for all of his weaknesses, like his voice isn't really much of a voice, and he really can't play any musical instruments anymore. But he is just a master. You know, anything he touches, anything he creates, is just brilliance. You know, and yeah. and then he just put his thumbs up at the, the Nobel Prize Committee, or uh, uh, you know, when they wanted to give him the uh, the prize a couple of years ago, and he just, yeah, what you did know, he... he didn't show up and. Uh, um, oh, what's her name? Uh, Patty Smith uh, sang "Hard Rain," uh, you know, with the with the big symphony behind her. Did you happen to catch oh, that? I did not. I, you know, now that you mentioned that, though, so did he? Did he decline the, or did he just not? He didn't. Come, he didn't decline, but he sent her to accept his award for him, and nice. it took him a couple of days to even acknowledge that they had uh, um, given, you know, uh, announced the prize. Like he. He was just kind of like, you know, off on his own. And finally he had a spokesperson say something like three or four days later. And there was a little bit of controversy about, you know, not promptly accepting it. I think, you know, mm. he's, he's, the, he's that guy. He's like, you know what? I don't deserve this. Give it to someone else. Like, like, yeah. kind of like what Dolly Parton did with, uh, um, I think with the Grammy, didn't she just recently say, no, I don't, or uh, hall of fame, the mm. rock and roll hall of fame. She was like, uh, you know, I don't belong here. And, uh, uh, give it to someone else this year. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait until I'm not here anymore or something like that. Right. Well, you know, it's, I think, I, I, I think that, you know, obviously in this culture, we put so much, um, we, we put our celebrities on such a pedestal. And, um, I think that's maybe Dylan's and Parton's way of kind of pushing the spotlight away from them and, and just saying, you know what, I'm not all, even though they are very special. But, you know, maybe kind of deflecting yeah. that a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's been sort of deflecting the press, you know, since he's 20 years old or 22 years old back in the early 60s mm -hmm. uh, when they, they started, you know, following him around and, 
you know, he went from uh, being an acoustic folk singer to, uh, you know, trying to get into rock and roll. He plugged in and uh, pissed everybody off. Pissed everybody off in the folk (laughs) world. And, uh, you know, the the press was having a field day with him and asking him silly questions. And he's just like, hey, man, I'm I'm just playing music, you know. Right. I'm I'm nothing special. I'm just, you know, I'm just doing doing what I want to do. Yeah. And that's, well, and that's what I appreciate about Neil Young, too. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't care what other people think of him. That's very um, true. He's, he's gone in any direction that he wants, you know, that's musically. Right. He's very principled, for sure. He, uh, you know, I don't know if he's a U.S. citizen now, but for a long time he was a, uh, you know, he's a Canadian. He's from Canada, so he's yeah. a Canadian citizen. I think for a long time he, he wasn't even officially in the country, and uh you know, he, he was the first one to protest American politics and stuff. And um, it was probably kind of risky, you know, that uh, <laughs> he's still still doing it. He's still sure. doing it. That's right. Although I think he might be uh, um, at least a, a legal resident at this point, if not. Right. Right. He has a little more a grounds. Dual citizen or whatever. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, I, and I think are, are you, you've you've covered some dead songs. I, I think I remember you guys playing something. um uh, dead related when I oh, yeah. saw you at uh, um, uh, Sister Lakes Brewing. I want to mm-hmm. say I saw you guys. Out oh there. yeah, I, I mean we always um, we're always playing dead songs. I when I play solo, I pull out a handful of dead tunes, and then with the band, oh we what do we play? Mister um, Charlie. Oh yeah. Um, West L.A. Fade Away. Oh awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the Dead. I forgot to mention them. They're one of my core core groups as a kid growing up you know yeah. when i originally originally saw you know as a teenager growing up and seeing their shirts and not hearing their music yet but seeing all the older kids oh, wear their the grateful dead shirts and... i thought yeah i thought they were like a heavy metal group and i remember uh-huh. listening to the dead the first time and say you know asking the person who was turning me on to him like are you sure this this is the Grateful Dead? <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. just was not expecting it based on that name. Um, right, but, right. You know, obviously sound. it's just unmistakable. Yeah, the sound. Yeah. Well, they're like not just a band or you know, a, I mean, they're like a lifestyle. You know. Oh uh, yeah. It's a, a not. It, they're like their own genre, kind of. But um, yeah, they're yeah. their own culture. Yeah, yeah, and and they're still going strong. So I don't know if you saw that uh, they. Um, announced the Dead and Company tour, which isn't, you know, officially the Grateful Dead anymore. Phil Lesh isn't with them. And, you know, now they have John Mayer, of course, mm-hmm. and, uh, and Otil Burbridge on uh, on uh, bass and Jeff Schmenti on um, on keyboards, along with Bob Ware on guitar and, and uh, Bill Kreutzmann and Mickey Hart on drums. But uh, so they announced the, the tour just a couple, maybe a week ago, last week. And, um, uh, like the same day there was like this fake news from Rolling Stone magazine of, of, um, you know, of all the different magazines that could put out fake news saying that this is going to be their last tour. Did you see this whole controversy? This is, I uh, didn't, I heard something of a controversy, (laughs) but I didn't get like the, what it was. So that's what, that's what it was. And then the rumor was Bob Weir retweeted it saying, this is news to me. (laughs) And uh, Bill Kreitzman, anybody's going to know Bob, Bob. Yeah. You'd think Bob, uh, Bob Weir would know. And then uh, Bill Kreitzman um, retweeted Bob Weir's tweet 
saying, oh, good, I, you know, or something like, you know, oh, I, I got worried. I thought maybe you guys knew <laughs> something I didn't know. And <laughs> Bill Kreutzman always the last one to know. You know, he's like seven hours ahead or uh, behind because he's in uh, Hawaii all the time. Oh, that's but, right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just thought yeah, that was but hopefully funny. they'll keep kicking. I've never had a chance to see Dead and Dead and Co. Um, it's worth it. They, I've heard some good th- oh, stuff it's, about their shows. It's a blast. I mean, it's it, they're playing all Dead songs, and uh, it's um, you know really taking it to a new level. Uh, John Mayer, I think, brings a lot to the table. He's an outstanding guitar player, and his voice is very distinctive. And you know, you know, he's not Jerry Garcia by any means, but certainly a, a great addition. And yeah, yeah. O'Till Burbridge, you know, that dude is an unbelievable um, uh, bass player. He he is really deep. And uh, what an opportunity for uh, Dead & Company to have a guy like that playing with them. And, uh, you know, he just brings a whole different vibe to it. You know, O'Till had played with uh, Colonel Bruce Hampton for a long time. And, and then he was uh, with uh, Allman Brothers for a while. Uh, so he's, um, you know, he's, he's the real deal for sure. And so, uh, to be playing with dead and company is, uh, probably a thrill for, for everybody, you know, for, for him certainly in dead and company as well. So, yeah. uh, that's a nice addition. I would love to see them. I, every time, um, friends are going to see their show, I'm usually have my own little gig that I'm doing and right. just can never, I, unfortunately during Excuse, during the summertime, I don't really get a chance to catch, um, you know, big concerts and other people's shows because I'm just so busy myself. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's just not enough time in the day, you know. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's when all the, the big tours happen generally. It's uh, during the summer. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's like we have more light, but there's uh, just as much stuff to do uh, at work or at home or, you know, it's... Uh, you think you're going to relax over the summer, but it's sometimes it's hard to do. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. Uh, so, you know, your Georgia Peach album was your third album, I, re- I believe, right? Uh, at least under just your name, not uh, um, under your past band's names. Um, yeah. And I, well, let me think here. Um, well, it looks like uh, you have a... Probably my fourth, actually, because I, oh. I did one... Um, when I was, it was like 20, early 20s, um, put out an album called Out of the Blue. And that was like, that was my first solo album. But that I don't think I really put that out on any streaming platforms or anything like that. Um, was that a then, full album? Ten songs? It was a, yeah, yeah oh, it was cool. a full album, acoustic mainly. Um, and then after that was Roots Down. Um, 2005, that, it looks like. Yep, yep. And, and then um, moved out to um Oregon and put out a uh, storyline oh. when I was living in Portland um and that was a really fun album to put together just because I was in a whole different region and um got to know a lot of the local musicians and talent there and um I, I was really happy with the way that one turned out and then um oh I and and then after that returned from uh Portland and moved back to uh Kalamazoo and was uh, pursued my um, graduate degree, and uh, I put out a Christmas album. Actually, oh. um, I'm trying to think what when that was. Uh, I don't even know. At the <laughs> um, 2000, 
12, 13, um, and that, that was called Forgotten Hymns. Huh, um, okay. had, a, had about three or four original songs on it, and then a lot of old um, uh, public domain uh, tunes, that um, old songs that I, I found through just kind of some re- research and stuff. Um, and then, um, and then uh, Ginger Peach was my, is my most recent and I see this 2008 EP Soul Serenade from 2008 as well. Yeah, that, that was uh, that was kind of a, a mix. That was a, a like a pre-release oh, before Storyline. Yeah, because it has uh, all the the EP songs are on Storyline. It looks like. Yep, every everyone except yeah. for uh, Living Earth actually. Um, oh, I see. Right, Living Earth yeah. is on Storyline. Um, so uh, you so you first started writing when you were 13 or. 14 or so like in yeah. uh, junior high and high school. and how did that come to you like what kind of songs were you writing was it uh, based on the kind of music you were listening to or uh, how did that all come about well actually the first song i wrote um as i mentioned earlier was on the piano and um i came up with that song while i was at um a, a youth retreat a church retreat um i was really big into my, my youth group um and we we did a lot of a lot of really cool things with my church We'd go on mission trips and we went to Mexico and um, West Virginia and all, all these different places to help out um, different underserved communities and stuff. Oh, wow. um, but at this retreat, um, it was closer to home. I think it was at um, Warner Camp, actually, which is not too far from here. And um, we just had, you know, we have time where we're just kind of doing our own thing. And there was a piano in this um, in this big community room. And I just sat down on the piano and, you know, just kind of felt, felt the, <laughs> the wow. vibe. Um, and uh, the song, the song was about, you know, my relationship at that point um, spiritually. Um, and so I played it and wrote this song, you know, just came straight from my heart um, and then played it for my youth pastor at the time. And he was like, oh, you, again, the encouragement, you know, yeah. he encouraged me and he was like, well, that's great, you know, and. Um, made me feel really good about it. And, you know, you have, you have something to say and, and um, just, you know, encourage me to, to play that song. I think I, I might've even played it for the whole youth group later on that, that weekend, which was, you know, <laughs> pretty yeah, nerve wracking for sure. <laughs> my first song, but um, you know, trial, trial by fire, you know, the best way is just to get up, just, to just do it, you know, and yeah. get in front of people. So that's, you know, that's where my first song came from. And, um, uh, it's very silly. I, I just remember like a, a tune that I wrote probably a year or two later on the guitar. We had like a punk song with the band Hammer Toe. Um, it was called like Mary Had a Little Lamb, but it was like a punk style Mary Had a Little Lamb. Uh-huh. Just so, just ridiculous, stupid, but you like know, Stevie you can't Ray let... Vaughan, Mary Had a Little Lamb and then punked it out or just a whole <laughs> did, does different... he Did he write a song called that? I think, well, he played a song like that, but I think it's a uh, more traditional a uh, blues song. Yeah. Well, see, now I don't feel so dumb for writing a song called Oh no, no, one. it's uh it's a great song. <laughs> uh <laughs> No, ours was ours was just had nothing to do with bluesy Stevie Ray Vaughan. It was just a kind of a punky Yeah, yeah. Uh, teenage kid thing. Um and you know, I just you know, you never it really helped me um as a teenager, you you know, growing up, adolescence, you got all these emotions, things you're trying to figure out. Um you know, for me, that just it just helped me process stuff, you know, and get through some things. And um, I think that's what music's supposed to do. 
to be able to express yourself like that. Yeah. Yeah. And get those thoughts out with, you know, with a little bit of a shield around it because a song is uh, an impression. You know, it's not, it it doesn't have to release all the deepest thoughts you have on it. Like maybe a conversation would, but it, uh, it definitely gets it out there and, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, allows people to see inside a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know, I've, I feel um, that I have grown through the years, you know, 20 plus years of writing music, way, ways to um, deliver, you know, what your message. Right. Um, there's de- there's definitely, it's definitely a craft that um, I'm certainly have, have not achieved, but it, it's a craft that, um, you know, your approach at, at how you want to tell your story, you know. Well, and, I don't know if anyone ever fully achieves uh, their you know, that, that full musical, uh, ability. I mean, I think you're always practicing, you're always getting better. It's, uh, um, it's like being a doctor, you're practicing, you know, you're, mm-hmm. uh, by doing any art form, any yeah. art form, you know, you can't, if you feel like you've <laughs> reached your pinnacle, your best, um, you probably should just give up. Right yeah, then, that's know? right. Right. <laughs> yeah. You always have to be striving for more mm-hmm. when it comes to, uh, to that kind of thing. Uh, when did you start playing guitar? So you, you know, started as a piano, you know, playing piano and how did the guitar get into that? Did, uh, you know, I started, yeah, I started playing pretty soon after the piano, um, uh, around 13 or 14. Um, and it was, it was actually in my youth group. My youth pastor played the guitar. And so, you know, we'd all sit around and, um, strum, we'd all sit around and sing songs and he would play the guitar and, um, I got, you know, I was just like really enamored with that. So, um, he let me, uh, bring a guitar to the group and I just kind of learned that way. Ah, And, um, Uh yes. And he, so yeah, Chris Spitters, um, I, I credit a lot of my, um, early musical influence to, to my youth pastor. He really encouraged me and showed me a lot of, you know, just a lot about singing and songwriting and, just strumming the guitar, you know? Yeah. Did, um, you take lessons? Not really. Um, a few wow. lessons from him. Uh-huh. Yeah. A few lessons from him. I, I, I'm pretty much self-taught. I, I use the, um, Mel Bay's book of chords. It's ah, just a really kind yeah. of cheesy, cheesy book made by Mel Bay, but it just shows what chords to play. And that's, that's where I learned how to play the guitar. That's awesome. But you, you're yeah. a picker too. Like you're not gonna, you don't just strum. I mean, you, you can, uh, play a good electric guitar, um, uh, you know, like some solo leads. kind of thing. Some leads. Yeah. 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 You know, that's, that's grown. I, if I, that's developed over time. Yes, that has developed. In, and I would say, um, in the last two or three years, um, for me personally, I feel like I've, I've grown with that in the last few years and really, ever since I I got a loop pedal, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, because I play a lot. I play a lot of solo stuff, you right? Know, you know, playing at the watermark tomorrow just by myself. Yeah. Um, and in the past, I would I would have, um, you know, I'd just be up there playing, and um, I never had a loop pedal. Well, a few years ago, I finally decided to buckle in and get one, and uh, it really kind of just opened the door for that. You know, it's like now I can fill in the space and it just allowed me a chance to explore the guitar a little bit more on my own time and feel like I wasn't wasting anybody else's time. Um, you know, 
sitting with him, me trying to figure out solos and stuff. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, uh, so you, you put on the loop, um, some of the background strumming kind of, um, mm-hmm. guitar, and then you play a lead over that. It sounds like. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of people do that now. Um, and are yeah. way more averse to it than I am. I mean, people do like multiple loops and loop their voice. And, right. Looping um, over looping. And that, right. Uh, yeah. Local, local talent, um, Jack, St. Joe Jack. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. He's pretty amazing with that. You know, he'll, he'll dub over, um, you know, his percussion stuff with his, with his microphone and then he, he has multiple multiple loops going and stuff so it's pretty cool it's hard to keep track of i'm sure after a while. i know i <laughs> i like to keep it a little bit more simple just personally um but i i have a lot of admiration for people that can layer it the well, way they do well that's that neil young uh, uh influence on you yeah keep it exactly simple. yeah <laughs> i don't yeah i don't think neil i don't think neil <laughs> i don't think neil uses pedals <laughs> no <laughs> probably not unless he's doing his uh Unless, what what did he what was his one album Transformer or something? Oh where yeah, where he got all crazy. He wrote for his son with cerebral palsy. Um, that was a. I think he used some pretty affected uh, guitar on that album. Right. Well, he used all this kind of uh, experimenting at the same time too. Yeah. He's, he's got he's got quite the interest. You know, he was working on a um, he was working on converting a um, Lincoln Town Car to a full electric car and it was like costing him a shit a, a lot of money i don't yeah. think i can say that on the, but it was costing him a, a ton of money and then like the car caught on fire or something it's like in the middle oh, of no. the production uh yeah. he, he really has some and then you know is you know i was saying before i've always felt like his music was just really simple but really intense and um he didn't think standard streaming standard you know uh, recording um was enough to really capture all the music and so he began developing his own um standard for uh, for streaming and recording i don't remember what it's called but uh i mean this is years ago and it it's, i don't think it's taken off i mean you know he he does stuff like that like he just gets hmm. behind these projects that just you know, uh, go on and on and on, and uh, wish him the best. I hope that um, you know he one of these things comes through. But uh, you know he he's challenging the big guys left and right. That, that's that's his thing. It is, yeah. Good for him. You know, you, you need a need someone to challenge those windmills. Push like the that. envelope a little bit. Push the envelope. Yeah, he's uh, he's quite the uh, he's pretty intense. Uh, but uh, you know, I wanted to get back to your songwriting. So um, sure. on the Ginger Peach album, did did you write all the songs off of that album? Yeah, yep, okay, I did. Yeah, wow. And uh, you know, at what point did all these get written? All all for the album, or was it over a period of time and you compiled them to put the album together? You know, how did that go? Yeah, the, they're um, it's a culmination. There's a there's a two or three tunes that I've had for um, about ten or fifteen years I think I used to have a band called Pura Vida. Um, Pura Vida? Oh yeah. Pura Vida. I was yeah, just in yeah. Costa Rica. <laughs> that's, nice. That's a yeah. I, I've never been, phrase. but my um, guitar or my back in the day, our uh, percussion player and our drummer um, 
had visited Costa Rica and we were just starting to get together in this band and um, we were trying to figure out a name and they mentioned Pura Vida. We're like, ah, that sounds cool. So we, we, and we were kind of, uh, we were an eclectic band, but we did like to play a lot of reggae tunes. So like the songs on the album, let's see, uh, Paco Keys, uh, One Love Above. Uh, oh, I think there's one more maybe um, that are from the Pura Vida days. And um, like I said, that was about 15 years ago. And then oh. um, the other tunes, probably in the last three or four years, um, I had written those. And I was I was definitely for, for the Ginger Peach album. I was definitely going for like a beachy um, summertime reggae vibe. Like I wanted the whole album to have that kind of feel to it. Um, so that's why I, I chose the songs specifically for that for uh, that yeah. album. Golden Summer, Morning yeah. Shine, yeah, that definitely has a real beach sense to it for sure. And the and then the cover art too. Uh, yes, the cover art is awesome. Did oh, did you have someone put it together for you? Yeah, my buddy Ty Maxson, who is oh, a nice. um, great musician in his own right, um, used to be local, grew up here in St. Joe, moved out to Chicago. Um, and now he's living up north Michigan, but he is a um, singer songwriter, great, great singer songwriter, very unique, um, and then also a great artist as well. And so I had I commissioned him to, to do the artwork for me, and um, was really happy with the way that turned out. Cool. And so you mentioned Leslie Sipian and Morgan Ingall and Meredith George, um, the, mm-hmm. the backups. Um, start at least starting out that uh, Georgia Peach song and being Ginger outside, Peach, yep, Ginger Peach. And and also being on some of the other songs. So who else um, did you get to uh, come on the album with you? We had, so uh, I started recording the drums and the bass before 2019, uh, before COVID hit. Um, and, and then, so we went up to Third Coast Recording Studios in Grand Haven. And I went with Matt Sipian and um, at the time my bass player, Andre Randall's. Um, used to play with Fillmore's Ladder. Oh yeah, um, I remember that. Yeah, they play. I don't I forgot. I forgot what band he's with now. <clears throat> but he played bass on a lot of the songs on there. And so we went up and we laid down the the drums and the bass tracks up there at Third Coast Recording, and then brought the brought the music back here to um, to my home studio, and um, did the rest of the work all <clears throat> um, all at, at my home studio. Farmed out some of the other drums. Uh, I have a I have a good buddy that lives that I've worked with for years now. He he was my mixing engineer for um, Storyline, my album Storyline, uh-huh. um, and the Christmas album that I did, and then also Ginger Peach. He he's my go-to man. His name's Michael Naramore. Um, great great sound engineer. So he kind of does all the technical work, and he he had a has a friend that did some other drum like the uh, the drumming on. Um, the drum, the drum work on Morning Shine is um, done by a, a really good drummer named Jake. Oh gosh, I'm blanking on his last name. It's on the album, um, but um, he lived out in California. It's just amazing the technology these days. You know, we just send out right. send out the song, and then someone else can lay down lay down their tracks in their own home studio. Um, I had the the keyboard work. Amazing. Yeah. It is. It's 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 cool. I mean, you do miss a little, you know, a little bit the of interaction that, of being interaction in the studio and that together. vibe. But yeah. you know, you you 
you have to make do, especially during COVID. I mean, what can you right, do? Right. So, um, yeah. And then the keys, um, the keyboard, piano, organ was done by um, uh, musician uh, Alex Shakiri, um, who actually I met him out in um, Portland and he played on Storyline. And I loved the work that he did on Storyline. So I got a hold of him and he, he played uh, he played the keys on that album. And I, I did all the I did all the guitar, um, a lot of the percussion, banjo. Just trying to think what else is on there. Oh, you play the banjo um, too? Yeah, I play a little right. banjo. Yeah, nothing to brag about, but definitely I can fill in the gaps. You know, is it a five string banjo? Is a five string instrument? Yeah, and mm-hmm. and then uh, uh, I, I mean it's you know you have the whole thing with the uh, the finger picks and. Um, yeah, I, to... I do more, I guess you would call it claw hammer. Maybe. Uh-huh. Um, although I, I wouldn't say I play claw hammer banjo. I, I kind of just hack my way through it. I play <laughs> guitar. I play guitar banjo is what I would call yeah, it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't use the finger picks and the finger style banjo. Ah, gotcha. So you were, uh, I'm sorry, you were finishing up with, uh, the people on Georgia peach. It sounds like it was a big compilation you know uh, a lot pretty of people much. involved in it yeah yeah I, I think i named pretty much everybody that was involved um yeah so um with that song georgia peach you know i, I met, ginger I met, peach oh my god i keep doing that uh <laughs> I, I played it at the beginning of the uh of the show uh, uh-huh. how, you know what what's that about how did you come up with that uh, it's it's a song for my wife, Amy. Oh, nice. Um, she is strawberry blonde, um, so she's kind of got that ginger. She's a ginger. Her, her, <laughs> yeah, she's a ginger, and she's my she's a little peach, you know. <laughs> so if you if you listen to the lyrics, it's pretty easy to to figure out, you oh, know. Nice. Five foot three, eyes are green, widest smile I've ever seen. Um, you know, it's 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 pretty much a song that I wrote for uh, her. Very nice. And yeah. so when you write these songs, I mean, do you uh, contemplate them? Do you, uh, you know, get a little lick and try to build it from there? Or does it all just come to you? It's, it's usually uh, takes, takes some time uh-huh. for me. Um, I rarely write a song in one sitting. Um, sometimes I let it, let it sit and marinate for months. Right, right. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I try not to rush my way through it. You know, I'd. Um, you just, if, when it's done, when it feels right, you know, it's done. Uh, and sometimes, you know, you're, I feel like, well, um, you know, I got to finish this up. Like I gotta, I gotta find an ending to this. So you got to sit down intentionally and give yourself time and, and figure it out. But, um, usually the, for me, the guitar, uh, riff, uh, a guitar line kind of comes first uh-huh. and then, um, I'll have a, a, a melody, um, in my head for the verses and, or the chorus and I'll kind of just jibber jabber, um, without lyrics, you know, and just kind of, um, have an idea of, w- of what I want the, the flow and the, the way the lyrics to, to go, um, not the lyrics, the, the melody, yeah, the song, yeah. you know, and then, um, and then I'll record that like with my phone or whatever, and then come back to it later. Um, and then fill in some, fill in some lyrics. And like I said, it, just as kind of a process. Right, right. So um, do, do you ever get to sort of the end of the writing of the song and then go back to it and, and keep polishing and keep polishing? Or, or when you finish a song, you've finished it and you let it just 
you know, exist in that form? How do you, how do you do that kind of thing? Yeah. You know, every song's different. Um, mo- every song is kind of different, you know, it's, uh, but for the most part, um, once I, w- once I feel like it's done, you know, 90% of the song, I am not going to change that up, you know? Um, but I might have 50 to 60% of it and, you know, I might almost be done with it, you know? Um, and, and if that's the case then I won't, I'll just let it sit there, you know, and come back. Like right now, I think I got about like maybe six or seven songs that are just kind of hanging out uh-huh. that I, I need to finish up. Um, and, but they're just not ready yet, you know, right, right. Um, that I'm really excited about too. Some, some songs that, um, are written that songs that that started during during covid and stuff and um i have an album i my intention is to put out another album next fall ish uh-huh. maybe winter do you, have a, lo- do you have it down or uh you're just in the process of writing the songs now and, and you'll go I'm, the I, ha- I have i have about uh i have about seven of the songs um down and and working on them uh-huh. recording and then the other half um i i need to finish writing but they're all kind of grouped together they all have a, a same feeling to it and i'd really i'd really love to put out uh, a record like a vinyl i've always oh yeah. I've always wanted to have one you know i have like over 600 records at home i love listening to vinyl yeah and i just want one of my own yeah it's just incredibly expensive and it actually takes quite a while is Once right? you're actually finished with it to get it pressed, it oh, takes like uh-huh. like eight months to get the, the actual copy in. So, oh, you're kidding! Okay. Yeah, at least the last time I checked. So. Yeah. Uh, so, are you recording this stuff? That this new album, you know, record it uh, at an outside uh, studio, or are you going to do it at your home studio? We're gonna. I think with this one, I'm gonna um, lay most of it down at my home studio, and then um probably record the like the drums um in an outside studio the drums are really hard to record oh, okay. um, it takes a lot of microphones it takes a lot of isolation uh-huh. um takes a really good drum kit you just need the the, the proper space for it right, um, right and i don't have that um but i do have i do have a good space for for doing a lot of the other stuff you know right so pretty much the approach what i've learned is um laying down um, you know, the scratch tracks with, with a click, you know, with a metrodome. Uh-huh. So that way, when you do go and record the drums later, you know, whoever is going to be playing the drums is not having to worry about tempo and stuff. Cause they have that click track and everything's right there lined up. That's, that's an important thing to, to have. If, if you're good, if you're going to be putting drums in, you know, if you're, right. if you're thinking that you don't want drums, you know, you can have your recording kind of loosey, and and that's and there's a there's something to say for that. I mean, I, I have, there's sure. nothing wrong with having a song that's not quite, you know, it gives it kind of uh, a live feel. You know, as yeah. though you're having the whole band play together uh, yeah. to record the song. Do you, have you mm-hmm. recorded any of your albums or any of the songs that went on your albums as a whole band, as opposed to um, you know just breaking it up and uh, doing one one at a time? Yeah, well, Ginger Peach. There's there's a, a good number of tunes on there that has um, that were recorded drums and bass and the uh, rhythm guitar live. You know, so pretty much like the backbone of the song is live. Um, 
so that's what gives it its energy um but um all the all the tunes on there do have um you know ancillary supplemental right stuff that we've that i had to go in and do like with vocals and stuff so yeah no i've never had like a never done like a full-on off you know full live album or, right um maybe someday yeah you know <laughs> i i know um uh, well, you know Adam Conley and uh, um, Blake Vissing, and uh, th- and they're the Modern Vultures. Um, they're they're, yes. they're one of Matt's other bands, mm-hmm. and right. um, uh, with Dustin Lowe as well of, um, from Andrew Fisher Quartet, and so they uh, they did a live album from uh, the Livery. The Livery, yeah, that turned out really well. Yeah, yeah, uh, but it makes me think that you know just about any time you you have um, a, a show at the livery, they can pretty much, you know, give you the, the uh, recording of, of the soundboard. And that just seems like what they did. They took the recording of the soundboard and then uh, were able to, you know, clean it up and everything. And it, there's their live album right there. Yeah. Well, they, and, and that, um, I know how they did that. They had Chris story who is yeah, um, a Chris. sound engineer. And so, and he, and you have to make arrangements for that. We actually, um, the CD release party that we did at the livery in September that I mentioned, um, I, we have, we recorded that. And so I'm actually in the process of mixing that down. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to put a, a full like album out. Um, uh-huh. but we also got a lot of video from that. So I'm sitting on a lot of good video footage and also good recordings. And so I'm hoping to put some of that out soon. Yeah. Um, uh, the, yeah. uh, the, I know you guys are playing at the Acorn over the summer too. The date mm-hmm. escapes me, but um, I want to say it's like July twenty uh, second. Oh, okay. Oh, it's right. a Wednesday. It's That's middle right. July. A, a Wednesday. Let's just yeah. Um, but um, you know, I, I think that they do a similar kind of thing there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Evan Margol. Um, is one of the sound engineers there. And I believe he's done that in the past. I think he did it for the band, the Newports. I'm not sure if you know about those guys, but, uh, mm. so, you know, that, that's, uh, that's an option. Something to think about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm, and with your... I'm really looking forward to the acorn. And then, um, we yeah. got, um, of course, I don't know when, when this, uh, this podcast will come out, but we are playing. I'd like to let your listeners know that we're going to be at the livery, right. um, on April 29th. Uh huh. And weather permitting, um, who knows? It's oh, it's going to be outside. Could be outside. If oh, okay. It's nice out. Oh, I um, see. So if if it's nice out, it'll be outside, but uh, yeah. might might be inside, which is not a bad option. Although they're doing know. some work over there, I heard, like something yes. with the upstairs or something. Yeah, they're putting in a new bar. Oh, um, good. They, that should, I think it's going to be ready the, by this weekend. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, I would love to see some some folks out for our our next. Uh, our next band show. That'd well, this podcast is going to go up today and uh, plays on uh, Friday from two to three. So okay. uh, plenty of time before the 29th, but I know you're also playing tomorrow night at the, at watermark. So mm-hmm. uh, hopefully some people will come out there for that. Yeah. Well, Oh, you know, one thing I, we're, we're going to go a little over, but one thing I wanted to bring up, I saw you at Dablin wine, uh, winery and I probably mm-hmm. mispronouncing that. I'm Dablon. I Dablon. I don't know if it's a, mm-hmm you know, an acronym for something or someone's name, but I always end up calling it Dablon. But uh, there was a um, uh, piece of paper like at people's seats and you could um, uh, do a QR scan and then get onto the website. And then you're able to 
make a song suggestion, give a, you know, give a tip, which I just thought was great because how many times, you know, uh, maybe, maybe this doesn't happen to you, but you know, there's, I'm sure many um, people going to shows or going to bars and seeing music would love to, you know, give the musician, you know, a couple bucks or a, a lot of money, but are maybe a little shy about walking up in the middle of the whole of a song or in the middle of the audience and, you know, putting money into a tip jar. So I just thought yeah. that was a great solution to that. It allows people it to do is. it quietly and, uh, you know, discreetly. discreetly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they don't have to it's, request it's great. Songs. It's called, yeah, the, the platform is called Juke. Juke. J U K E. Yeah. And um, it's actually a, a program, a software that was created by um, someone of, of a local. Um, a local and, uh-huh. and out of South Bend. And he was actually um, at the livery really? <laughs> when he thought of this idea. Wow. What, um, what a great idea too. Yeah. And, and so I was um, approached by one of um, their associates and said, Hey, you might want to try this out. It's completely free to join um, yeah. as an artist. And they just take a small, a very small percentage out of your, um, your tips that you make uh-huh. virtually, yeah. um, to, to pay for, for the platform, but you just upload whatever songs you, you know, want to play that night or your potential songs. And then someone can just choose to, uh, to request it and then they tip what they want. And, uh, it's been great. I, I love it. Yeah. It's, it's it, a lot of fun. Uh, I, I've, uh, haven't seen too many other people doing it, but what a great idea. I mean, it, it has so many, uh, applications um, especially to, you know, musicians who are just playing in bars and stuff. I mean, what a great yeah. opportunity to interact on a virtual level with, uh, with their, with their crowd. And, yeah. You know, yeah. Probably, and that, that's what I like a lot about it is yeah. to hear to like, Oh, you know, they're requesting this song. I got some dead, dead fans in the audience tonight, you know? Right. And right. It's pretty, it's pretty, it's, it's fun that way. Yeah. Well, Mike, uh, what a pleasure we're um we're already over the time limit but uh i'm here with mike struen and uh, this is john goldman you're listening to johnny's secret stash we're at radio harbor country wrhc 106.7 fm out of three oaks and wrhz 93.5 out of sawyer michigan and uh mike mike struen and his band are um playing at the livery on the 29th uh mike's also playing solo acoustic Tomorrow night at uh, Watermark Brewing in uh, Stevensville. And uh, don't miss him at the Acorn for part of the Midwest Made series. And uh, we think it's sometime in July. <laughs> but we don't remember the date. But no. uh, you can look it up. you got to get yes. tickets anyway. Thank All right. you, John, for the opportunity to talk with you, man. This All right. Yes. Thank you. Take it easy. Talk you to too. you soon. Bye. Bye.